I knew we were in New York. I was walking on the street, and uh, this guy slowed down. He had the green light, but he slowed down, and he yelled something to me outside this window. And right as, as soon as that happened, a cab rushed up on this side, sideswiped him, and kind of honked. Didn't hit him, but came close. And so this is this was the conversation. It was it went like this. And I, I think he must have been in Jersey the night before. He said he said. Remember the thing sideswipe. So he goes, he goes, Hey Eddie, great show. Fuck you. <laughs> and away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Mr. Stone Gossip. Fucking camera in the truck. the definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. Randy Sobel here, John Farrar over there. Hello. Hi, John. How are you today? Hey, Randy, doing good. How are you? Excited to get into the show, man. I've, I haven't done one of these MSG shows, so uh, I'm yeah. excited to get into it. We're back on the wagon with this. It's uh, been a while. I think the last time we did this was the last appearance of Mr. Uh, Mr. Helbig. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I might be I might be channeling some some Helbig in my uh, in my uh, commentary tonight. So we'll see how it goes. So Stone played one verse wrong and and that ruined the song <laughs> for you. Is that what you're trying to say? Jeff Jeff missed a note and it I, you know, it was it was awful. Do the evolution just sounded okay? It just sounded okay. It, it wasn't. It wasn't amazing. You know, the stage shook, but uh, yeah, we're doing a MSG. We're finishing the MSG series for the rest of the year. Uh, so you can expect September being this uh, MSG night one, two thousand ten, and then October we'll do night two of that year. I know a lot of you are looking forward to that. So if you have any stories that you want to tell from that show, just hit us up at live on four legs podcasts at gmail.com and uh, we'll definitely get a story of yours on the air. Uh, and then the final two months in November, and December, we'll do the 2016 MSG shows, which I was at both of them. Uh, I'm sure we'll have Buckley on for all three of those shows that I mentioned there, but um, the 2016 shows definitely have some uh, hell big type opinions for for yeah. those ones and this is a show that that you attended so uh this would be cool for me too to get to get your perspective of being there when i wasn't there it was yeah um you know i kind of this this show was a little weird for me this is um you know out of 20 shows this one falls within like the 12 to 14 through 10 it depends on kind of the day 
and it's it's not that it's a bad show per se. Uh, it's just that it's got a lot of dull spots that aren't really memorable. And although there are some really, really good moments that we'll talk about from this that are just classic, classic MSG moments. But they're, you know, it's not... It's not as bad as the first ever MSG show. It's not as bad as Night One from uh, 2008, which I really didn't think that that was that good of a show. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, it just doesn't serve a lot of memories. Uh, John John and I were talking about this before coming on, and I'm, I'm trying to retrace my steps and, you know, what I was doing that day. You know, I remember all the other MSG shows, what I did, what I ate, what I drank, and all that stuff. I, I just remember that Matt was there, and I wasn't sitting with him. I was sitting with a kid that I went to college with, and then he bailed, and I had to sit next to his dad, who was really fucking awkward. So, um, you know, I, I, besides that, I didn't get a poster. And that's really, that was kind of my uh, my mentality going into night two, was I had to get a poster because I didn't get the night one poster. And that was... Uh, Did you end up getting a night one poster? Have you Have you found one since then? I have not, no. This is one of the few shows that I don't have a poster for that I've been to. Um... I, I, I'm not really a huge fan of it. It's kind of, it's like, uh, I, I guess it's been called the Pokemon poster because it kind of looks like a Pikachu. You okay. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 got like, I don't know, it's this little face with ears. It, it's it's okay. It's it, it's not something that I'm, I'm really sought, sought after. Well, if you're, if, you're holding, if you're sitting at home and you're holding on to an extra one, uh, send us an email, live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. And uh, Randy will make you an offer. Yep, I'll take it off your hands. I don't mind at all. Yep. Absolutely. I will never say no to a poster of a show that I've been to, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, I'm only I'm only missing uh, the Atlanta 98 poster of the shows that I went to. So if anyone's Oh, that's got to be a tough one. Know. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's, that's in somebody's storage unit right there. Right. <laughs> well, it's not, you know, a lot of those 98s are, are great. We don't have to get deep in the weeds on posters, but... A lot of the 98s are really, really good and really, really expensive. But the Atlanta one I don't think is one of those. So I'm hoping it'll pop up at some point. I'm going to have to look at it. I, I don't think I know it. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of what it is. And the only 98 one that I really know is the MSGs and uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Continental Airlines, whatever they want to call that arena, the East right. Rutherford one. Uh, it's kind of yeah, like, I think at, at, that point, at that point I didn't even know what – that the posters were things. So I don't even think I knew right. to even go look for one. Right. I think this was like this. I remember I got the poster at Hartford. That was about a week before this. And that was the first poster that I got at a show, even though that was my third show. This one talking about today was, was my fourth. And I remember just really, you know, I, I was into it and I, I just wanted every single piece of merchandise that they ever released and the posters being the most sought after thing, you know, uh, obviously I'm, I'm going to want that as a, as a piece of my memory from being at the show. But uh, I will take getting the night two poster and my story from getting the night two poster over getting the night one one. Awesome. Well, yeah, sure. I can't, can't wait. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Um, again, I, I don't remember a lot leading up to this show. You know, it, it was almost 10 years ago. Backspacer was out. It was pretty fresh, uh, you know, um, about six months or seven months, something like that. And 
I was into everything, and I, I just, I kind of, at this point, I, I wanted to go to and take in as much as I could, and and I think I knew that I was never going to miss an MSG show after this point. So, um, really, uh, that's that's it. I, I don't remember what we did. I don't remember where how we got there. I remember Matt and Steve both being there, and uh, Matt has a ton of pictures from this show because he was up pretty close. Uh, so if we haven't shared them on social media already, we will this week. Uh, I know he has some amazing photos that, that he wants to share with everybody. So no, was this a, was this a, a lottery thing? Did you win a lottery on this or was this like 10 club or how, how did they, how did this go for MSG? Is it different than normal? Cause, no. uh, there's no, there's no GA, right? There's no GA. It, it is seats, but it's it's done the same way. Whatever, however, they were doing the lottery at that point, they do it differently now. But you know, based yeah. off of your number, uh, you get picked. And I, I think Steve has a pretty good number, so Steve was able to get tickets pretty up close. Uh, I don't remember how I grabbed my seats. I know that originally I had tickets to just night one and not night two. And then Steve had a wedding that he had to go be in, so Steve gave me his night two tickets, and that's how I got really good tickets for night two. Um, okay, but I was somewhere. Um, I was I was kind of I was center, and if it were a hockey game at, at the Garden, I'd probably be like ten to twelve rows back. Uh, you know, like right above uh, one of the goals, but. I just I don't have a lot of vivid visual memories from this show, unfortunately. Okay. Well, I know, you know, for the you've been to all the MSG shows, right? Since oh eight, since the first or, one, yeah, since the first yeah. one I went to, yeah, I've been to all. Four. And those are those are notoriously hard to to come by. I know the last time they did the lottery, I think they got hundreds of thousands of of requests for that show. So that's that's something too that you've been able to to make it to everyone. I know a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people want to go and not everyone can get in. So you consider yourself lucky. That's great. It hasn't been easy and it hasn't been cheap. That's for damn sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the 2016 shows, I think I got locked out on both of them. And I don't think I had tickets to that night one show until about three weeks before. But I, I, I was I was going all the way. Like I, I was going no matter what. If it was $200 a day of, I was going to do it. But yeah, you're right. It is pretty lucky that all this um, all this hype for the MSG shows that you I, I was able to get to, to all of these and and even the yeah. Brooklyn you you gotta you gotta remember the Brooklyn shows too that they did in 2013 like those are kind of have to be treated like MSG shows almost it's the same crowd it's uh, you know obviously a different venue but um, it's the same demand yeah yes yeah, those are. Those are great shows, but MSG has the the aura and the history yeah, behind it. That right. makes it a special thing. Yeah, MSG you don't you don't get much better than that. The the legends who have performed there have been countless. Uh, the sporting events that have been there, we can go on and on and on. And it's again the world's most fam- famous arena for a reason. I basically, you know, I spent half of my life there and half of my salary that that I made in the last <laughs> 10 years going to uh, hockey games and going to concerts and you know doing whatever uh, there I have I have lots of good memories from MSG and that's one of the reasons why you know doing this series was so important to to, to Matt and I at the time was just because 
all of everything that MSG means to us. And, uh, you know, feel, feel, it felt right to, to pay it back a little bit. So, um, let's, uh, let's get into the show. Um, it starts off the same exact way that a show that we did two weeks ago started off. If you remember Glasgow, two weeks ago started off with sometimes in break or fall. That's exactly how this one starts. And it's, it's interesting because you get, and I really want to talk about this, the 10-year difference and the difference in the way that the songs are performed and the just the attitude of the band on stage. And I remember saying for sometimes in that episode from Glasgow that it sounded really like the album version, that it had that kind of like timid tiptoe uh, to it. And this version was more of the version that you would get nowadays where it's just kind of, uh, it's a single along uh you know ed is kind of bantering with the crowd sing if you know it sing my the i like both of them the original sometimes is you know it's it's meant to be kind of restrained and tense and it's it's there it makes a perfect opening track for no code because it kind of like sets the tone for it being kind of uh uneasy maybe like it's a little it's it's it lets you know that there's things are going to get weird a little bit maybe you know it's not gonna it doesn't it doesn't come out you know blistering fast it doesn't come out like rocking it's like you know maybe maybe sit down get some headphones on we're gonna we're gonna be here for a while so i like both of them this one though i I love this sometimes with where you get a little bit of the screaming there in the uh in the second verse he lets loose a little bit and people are into it sometimes into break or fall is is not not something you get all the time and it's it's crazy that we would get it these two shows that we've covered back to back or two weeks back but I you know I love sometimes in a break or fall it's a great start. Yeah, um it, it's kind of funny. We 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 had for a while we had a curse where uh we would get we would get a debut of a song like uh MFC it happened to or uh I can't remember exactly like Amongst the Waves or something like that. We would get that for the first time we'd be really excited to cover it and then oh Green Disease was one. Um and we would get it the next two to three weeks and we would continue Mm -hmm. talking about it which was good because we were able to do what we're doing now and kind of compare contrast but it was kind of like okay it's a little bit overkill uh but yeah sometimes in the breaker fall doesn't happen that often and And it usually means you're in for like you're in for like a crazy show sure because you're you know it's it's like oh what are we gonna get this is this is about to get weird Right. Yeah, it was the only time I've ever seen Break or Fall and pretty excited to get it. And also, you know, this this is something that's really weird because the next the next two up are uh, Last Exit and Animal. The first three songs are all 
album openers. That's true. And I don't know when the last time or when they've ever done something like that before is. I'm sure it's happened before. Maybe. That's something we can look into. Brain of Jay being in there. That's that's a Dave question for you. It's interesting for sure that, you know, they would start off the gate and that's really the defining uh, theme for the early section here is just really fast paced, really quick songs, getting out to a fast start, getting out to kind of a like a a hard start. Um, Oh, it felt like you it felt like you snapped your fingers and it was you were already into song four. Like, yeah, I love this this first four. Like, I'll I'll take this like no code, binaural, vitology verses like I'll take that in a first four at any show. What I will say about this whole entire set that it's really eclectic in the way that they're using pretty much every single album is is covered in this. Um, and I think mm, like, ex- except for except for one, we'll uh, we'll talk about that a little later. But okay. there's there's one album that's criminally underserved in this show. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. I think they do. What is it? One song off of it. I believe it is. Uh, oh yeah, you know I'm thinking on terms of like you know they did more than one uh, riot act song, they did more than one binaural song, they did more than one no code song. So I'm thinking I'm like that's that's pretty high up there. But yeah, I think there is one glaring omission that we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, you're you're right. Like this is just the the crowd is is alive. It's electric, especially on Animal and really good bootleg recordings, especially around this time. It, it just allows you to hear the crowd really crisp and and they're they're on fire the whole night. And you get a little bit in in Last Exit where he talks about you know going back to the stage bouncing that you, we guys talked about. He says during Last Exit, you know, oh, I feel it, I feel it, yeah. So you know that the the crowd was into it from the very beginning. Yeah, definitely. Um, and a, I, and I, a great um, a great McCready solo on Last Exit too. It was, yeah. I feel like Last Exit we uh, we sort of glance over it sometimes, but uh, you're right. Like this was a really stellar performance of it. And uh, oh yeah, you know this this whole intro right here going into. Uh, a few more going into the fixer and severed hand, which is is fine. I think you kind of change it up after the first four being just kind of uh, lights out, pretty much a one two three inning, and then the fixer being kind of poppy and sing along. And I, I get that they have to get it in at the time; it's it's the time frame. Uh, so I'm I'm not anti fixer at this point. Uh, and then severed hand. I I don't know how you feel about severed hand. Have we talked about that before? Because you're not an avocado guy. Not really. Uh, I think avocado suffers from it could have been angrier for the subject matter and the time that it came out. But Severed Hand is probably the best live song on avocado. So that's one that I that I don't mind seeing when it pops up. And, you know, Ed's being very emotive with his hands and acting out and like and, and another great Mike solo in this one, too. So. Yeah, severed hand. I I don't mind. There, it's if it was worldwide suicide or something else like that, I I take a little more issue with it. But no, severed hand is fine. Okay, yeah, that's. I, I feel like that was a really good cap to this first six section here, and even severed hand, which is a little longer than the first five, uh, really still felt like it was. It was still in that mode of being just you know fast, quick, and driving. I think the you know for me like after those first four to get 
get the fixer after it just kind of kills the the momentum like it's like because backspacer is such a a mood shift from those first four because you get like i said you get no code binaural vitology versus and then to throw a backspacer song and i think it just kind of like just killed the flow for me i mean even maybe a gonna see my friend or a got some would have been would have been better but the fixer is just it just seems kind of like it's almost like filler I think I think Gotsum would have worked there. Yes, I, I'm saying something positive about Gotsum right now. Uh, you know, call. Uh, we did it, people. Yeah. Call call the presses. Uh, but I don't think gonna, gonna see my friend would work. I think you know. I think there needs to be some progression in some way or, or another. If if I'm I'm fine with going to the fixer here because it does sort of get you out of the really fast open. And it's and it's not a bad version. Like the crowd no. the crowd does great singing. They sing along in the chorus. Like people are excited about the song. I'm sure if you know it, it, like you were there, I'm sure it was it was great. But at just looking time, at yeah. looking at flow, like yeah, just the fixer is is not one that I that I clamor to see. 2018, 2019, 2018, whatever year you want to say. Uh, if they do the fixer after Animal, I'm probably not very happy with it. In 2010, it's fine because it's still, you know, it's sure. still pretty fresh. It's still pretty fresh. So uh, that gets us through the first six. And then Ed uh, says, don't mind us. Uh, we should just keep going. Good evening, New York. Nice not to be here not just in uh, New York City, but nice to be in front of the world's most famous arena. And that gets us into a little one, two, three, four, two, three. And this, and I know I kind of lightly mentioned how good the crowd was this night. This is something I vividly remember uh, from this night. There are like two or three things that really stand out to me and say, I'm at a goddamn Pearl Jam show, an elderly woman, which... I think this was the first time I had heard it out of, you know, the four shows that I've been to. This one was just incredible. Uh, you get from the start, and you can hear on the bootleg that the crowd is louder than Ed. And he's sort of, I don't know if he's taken aback or if he's, like, really, like, he's enjoying it. And he's just kind of gearing into it. But you hear at some points the the crowd is just... It's louder than him. Oh, I just want to scream. Oh, my God, it's been too long. Never dreamed you'd return. But I is screaming back to them. And I've never heard a crowd so loud before in my life. Uh, that's before that point. I think later on in later years, uh, obviously it, it's, it's gotten better, but um, man, was that such a high point for this show? Oh yeah. It's a, it's a great moment. And, and small town has a nice, this has a nice pace to it too. It's a little faster than they normally play it. I think maybe because of the, the place in the set, but I thought it had a nice, it had a nice pace and a nice, uh, nice uh, tempo to it. I think it's kind of coming off of that, you know, basically that twenty-minute 
uh, six song start. I think it's kind of yeah, coming off be. of that because I, I thought that coming out of that, I am mine was a really fast version of I am mine. And I don't know if it took me out of that version, but it sort of, it didn't, it didn't sound like they were trying to get the best out of that song. I actually, I like this version of I Am Mine. It's a, it's a, the guitars are a little choppier. It's a little grittier than the album version. And I like that a lot better than the kind of like, you know, the people call it the, you know, the sea shanty or the, the, <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the three, four time signature that it's Some in. Some people have even this sang one, it as a sea shanty. This, uh, this one's, a, it's got a little bit of bite to it. I, I, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. I, it was a little rushed for me. I like when this is kind of more euphoric, but this was a little bit more like, you know, raise your pint glass in the air and, and sing along, which is not bad, but still I, a lot of, a lot of songs in this show, especially early on first version that I'm hearing them. So, and, and this one yeah. was, was that. So, uh, but just a quick note, every time Matt is ever at a show, he gets, I am mine and crazy Mary, no matter what, no matter what he gets it. <laughs> Boston Night Two, I told him yeah. like they're not they're not going to do I Mind because they did it the previous Boston year in 2016. I don't think that they would do that again. And boom, middle of the set, they they busted out, and he just looks at me like I always get it. He's, Maybe he's they, they they see his hair and they're like, "That's the guy. We got to do it." He did not have the hair at the time. Not at maybe this it was time. the lack of hair. He's it it's something. Like, he's he's a he's a memorable guy. What can we say? His, his cologne. We'll just put it that way. Maybe, maybe the the, the or, or lack of or lack of. Or, yeah. They're like, oh, what is that? All right, I am mine. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Jeez, that kind of ends sort of a uh, a little mid set uh, cool down a little bit into comatose, which was just. I thought comatose was a train wreck from this night. It's suffering from being out of tune and and down tune. And a couple of misplaced notes. Oof. It's hard. The more we do this, it's hard to get a perfect version of Comatose that we really like. That feels like it's taking the energy of the album song and it's uh, it's transmitting it through a, a live stage. But this was just an absolute train wreck. It was an abortion. And this is a, this is a weird place for Comatose, too. Like, normally... A lot of yeah. times you'll see him throw it in an encore or even an encore two, like near the end or at the very beginning. But this is a weird, a weird place to hear comatose. Yeah, it doesn't really vibe with I Mine or Force of Nature at all. It's kind of both those songs have very different tempos. And comatose, if you wanted to do like Force of Nature out of I Mine, then comatose into Even Flow, I would have been down with that. I would have been okay with that because then you're building to something that's that's a little greater. But yeah, well, I'll just play- I'll just go ahead and say this whole this whole let's just get into it. This whole first set is so disjointed. Like usually, I will give Ed credit for like you know he goes back and looks at the set list and he tries to. We talked about how things flow and how you know things go up and down, and he's kind of like he can read the crowd and see where to put things, but. This, you know, after after Animal, after that first four from The Fixer on, this is almost like they threw darts at album tracks. And it's like, well, let's do this one and then this one and then this one and this one. Like, it doesn't really have a flow to it. It just seemed really disjointed to me. I, I disagree with that because I think that 
there were some pace change. Like I feel like the fixer for you is what threw it off, and the fixer was a it was enough of a pace changer that it kind of took you in a bit of a different direction, but it kept you in a it kept you section more. Um, but I can agree that this comatose is misplaced. But my problem is really after even flow. That's where I have a major problem of things being disjointed and things being. And this is a and this is a this is a late even flow too. We're we're looking at number what like eleven, eleven or twelve, yeah, something like that. Uh, Yeah, you're right. It it is a little late, um, which also kind of leads way to why after even flow things didn't quite stick as much but we have to kind of mention before even flow we have to mention force of nature because it's yeah. a live on four legs debut um as most of you know that we did the trivia last week name name all the debuts i bet you people saw that and they were like well fuck that i i, I don't know how to find any of that <laughs> uh you're supposed to just guess people that's the fun of it um yeah force of nature was on that list it is no longer on that list version that gets better than the studio version i think that force of nature is like a complete filler song on backspacer to me it's one of probably my my bottom 10 of pearl jam songs like i just don't seek it out ever but this version it 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 was better better than the album version so i'll give it credit for that you know again this is only the 11th time that they've ever played it and this was the last it's never been seen after this night and i thought that this was a good version i didn't see you know if i were the band i would have felt pretty good after it saying you know what let's let's try it again for a couple of nights but um you know aside from drop the drop tuning on a lot of the new songs you've seen it on uh the lightning bolt songs where they've had to drop getaway where they've had to drop uh my father's son i think that sort of throws them off a little bit when they've had to change the tuning because ed can't hit those notes as well uh on the live stage anymore and that right. might be why they don't want to do it i mean yeah he's that once you get into your 50s the the voice is one of the first things to go right and maybe that's why we're not seeing the 2019 tour because he wants to hold everything in for the studio tracks that they're allegedly uh, preparing for right now. Yeah, there's some there's some rum there's some rumblings about some things happening. So we'll see what happens. We we don't we don't do rumors on this show. We don't have rumors. We don't you know we don't know of anything that's going on. But uh, you know, just stay tuned. 
maybe something will happen. I know everybody was anticipating it last year and nothing happened. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Force, Force and H, I, I, can, I, I think there's been more of a discussion between fans saying that they, they want to hear it again. I think that there have been people that, that are... Oh, that there's, there's, said, there's better songs they can bring back people. Let's, let's focus on other things. I, I agree. I think if you're going to bring back anything full-time or at least partial-time from that album, it's got to be Going to See My Friend because that you can fit in to to get some energy in the set. I don't know how that's not implemented more than it is. but uh, I'll agree with that. Yeah. But I think if, if the people that are, that are asking for Force of Nature to come back, those are just the people that, that need it to complete stats. their, their yeah. stats. Yeah. Not because yeah, it, it's an actually good song, right? I, well, I feel that way about Supersonic. I'm not a Supersonic fan at all. I think it's just kind of, it's whatever. It's kind of a punk song, but it really doesn't go anywhere. The lyrics are kind of meh. Uh, but if I ever hear it live, I finish Backspacer, so it's a win for me. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all about the numbers, you guys. So yeah, Force of Nature goes an even flow. I mean, it's. The most important part about this even flow is that you don't get it night two. So how rare is that, that they did 13 shows on this little leg. It was kind of an East Coast leg here. Uh, and this next, the next night, night two, was the only night that they didn't do even flow. And that's yeah, sort and of... This is, and this is the only 10 song in the main set, which is so weird. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. But was that... That wasn't what you were alluding no, to it before. Wasn't. Okay, no, it good wasn't. because but we have weird, weird in its own right. That is true. Uh, like, it, wait, no, where's where's Garden? Where's Why Go? Where's Oceans in this set? You know, yeah, you something like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, Ed, after even Flo mentions that he was happy to play with the Black Keys uh, two nights ago in Newark, they were asked to dedicate a song to somebody's dad because they couldn't make it to the garden, but he did. And at the time, I guess he was saying that he was fighting to stay on this planet. So, uh, Ed takes her request here and it's low light. Uh, this section here, let's package most of this together and sort of, uh, you know, I'll, I'll run down the next five, uh, because they really kind of get played in, in you know, uh, streamlined here. It's, lo- it's low light down. I got shit. Army Reserve insignificance. Um, my problem here is that none of them mesh well together. They're, they're all sort of songs that you need to place with some more popular songs. What if... Uh, a daughter were were somewhere in this. What if Better Man were somewhere in this? It it just it, the juice is gone. Like I got I got shit would have juice anywhere else except for this section. Yep, I agree. And the thing is, and you know, we talk about too. Pearl Jam shows are about moments, right? It's about it's about those memorable moments in the songs that that the band plays that that you remember. You know, it's yeah. pumping your fist during Why Go, or it's you know do the evolution or it's, you know, things like that, where this whole main set is missing those moments, right? That they didn't give you a, they didn't give you a daughter where you get to do the call and response or something cool like that. They didn't give you, they didn't give you an immortality. Um, They didn't give you a better man. So 
it's it's just missing. It's it's almost like I said. It's like throwing darts at album tracks, um, and it's just it's just so disjointed. It, there's nothing for the crowd to to hold on to and reach for and like and give back to the band. You know, it's like it's just like oh, here's a collection of songs. It just seemed yeah, really and, weird to me when I was listening to it. And I think low light at this time is still progressing into what it is now. If if it were in the section now, I think it gets a little bit more, it feels a little bit more strong, but at this point, it hasn't really, it's hitting its stride, it's starting to hit its stride, but it's more popular now than it was back then. But like, Down is just kind of, it's fun, it's fine, but it needs to be complemented with something else. I Got Shit, it's fun, it's fine, it needs to be complemented with something else. Army Reserve, that point in the set, I, I, I remembered just, I didn't really know this song that well because it's, it's just a deep avocado song and I'm more into the Life Wasteds and the Comatoses of the world. Uh, so, I, I you know, I, I know what the song is, but it's not a song you can sing along to. So Exactly. You just hear, you hear the chorus and you're just kind of bored. It's just kind of boring. Yeah, and then it's boring because there's no... There's no big moment. There's no reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're not leading to anything. There's no solo. It's just kind of that ongoing riff that na 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 na. You know, I think I remember at, at this point, um, somebody was smoking a joint next to me and they were blowing <laughs> the smoke in my face. And I I don't I don't think I was really much of a smoker at this time. That was really more of uh my younger phase but i remember looking at him dead in the eyes i said if you're gonna blow that smoke in my face you might as well just pass it over so (laughs) i went and i took a hit or two and i'm just like there (laughs) i'm fine and i remember i you know uh i i wasn't smoking a lot at the time so i felt like i was a little bit of a lightweight at this point so during army reserve and insignificance and do the evolution i was a little high a little high and then okay. once the encore hit once the encore hit i was i was it, it had worn off a, a little bit sure it might, it might sure. have been a little bit of a contact high so uh, but again you know i'll say where's where's black where's daughter where's immortality in this spot yeah the, the this the set the set is screaming for for something like that for the for the crowd to hold on to and to take over you know the best thing about sets is is getting a build to something big, and uh, none of this. Your big moment should be evolution, and unthought known is a really good build to get to do the evolution. But everything else is a flat, just boring bathroom break for some people uh even insignificance i like insignificance live and i think this might have been the only time i've ever seen it but like even grievance has more juice to it if they did grievance after army reserve at least it's got like the pounding drums and you know and and, and again like and we're not saying these these versions are terrible like insignificance is cool like stones dancing around like a madman yeah they get a shout out to keely doing the lights when that that stop and insignificant when the lights go out then they come back on that was a cool moment but there's it's just not it's like they were saving all of the classic things for night two right right they they made a night two set before they made a night one set and i think that might have been a little bit detrimental to this one 
Could I think be. I I think I agree with that. If they would have taken a little bit, but you know, uh, you can play stuff from night two uh, on night one, and it will still be okay. But I think that they were really trying to get two completely different set lists in. If I remember correctly, the only songs that they played twice were "Do the Evolution," "Unthought Known," "Fixer," and "Alive." Mm-hmm. And you've got to do evolution because it was 2000, it was 2010. So you, it gets, I, it, it does, it does work in the song. So I can, I can understand it, why they would do that one. I had the hoodie that said uh, 2010 tour, and there was, it, it didn't say 2010. Watch it go to fire, but I think there was a flame, uh, uh, the PJ logo with a flame on the mm-hmm. front. Um, cool. And I think people were call were were calling it the the 2010 Watch It Go to Fire tour, which okay. was yeah completely perfect. But it, the band wasn't calling it that. But I think uh, some savvy fans decided yeah. that uh, uh, that's what it would be dubbed. Um, Unthought known evolution end the first set. Uh, do you have anything else on the the previous five? Uh, nothing sounds bad, but I think well, he, put together, you know, it's just... before before unthought known, Ed talks about he talks about the tremoring a little bit the, when the yeah. stage was shaking, and he he mentions you know he says oh this one's a little slow burn but it but it gets there so he's asking for for them to start shaking the stage again during unthought known which is a weird song to be asking that for. It seemed like, you know, wait till wait till evolution, which is the classic one, right? You know, it's like unthought known is a, is probably the best song on Backspacer, the best live one maybe, but it seemed weird to me that he was asking for that that iconic moment during unthought known. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Um, I think maybe he just feels he felt the passion from that song, and I, I think. Again, they were doing this one every night during this tour, so they were really starting to feel this one live. Sure. But you're right. It just, I don't remember really the stage shaking at all. And, and really during this tour, it's starting to become popular, but it's it's popular later. Uh, I think fans are singing along with it and clapping along later. The beginning of the song, you know how everybody's clapping all throughout the beginning part up until the Gems and Rhinestones? Uh, the clapping fades off, and people don't realize yeah. that you're supposed to clap during that whole thing. So it's not it's not there yet. Um, what what could have sh- shook the stage? Spin the black circle right before evolution. How awesome would that oh, yeah. have been? Absolutely, that would have been great. And obviously, you know, you take it as a grain of salt because uh, you just you can't go back and change the set list, and you can't you know call. Sure call Pearl Jam offices and be like, well, in 2010, you guys, uh, you did unthought known before evolution, and it really didn't work, especially for Madison Square Garden. You know, I can't do that. I know, and like, and you know, and I'll give, and like I said before, I usually give the band full credit for making the set list. Like, they, they switch it up, they take risks, and just, if I go down this list, like Fixer, Severed Hand, Small Town, I Am Mine, Comatose, Force of Nature, Even Flow, Low Light Down, I Got Shit, Army Reserve, Insignificance, Unthought Known, Do the Evolution. Like, it's just too disjointed and too random. Like, there's no, there's no high points. There's no moments. There's, it just, uh, just, it, it really took me out of the show when I was listening to it. Right. Again, the positive point here is that every album is really getting 
uh, a little bit of its due. Um, you're getting something from the Vitalogy era, at least. You're getting something from uh, Binaural. You're getting something from Avocado. Everything is sort of getting uh, a little bit of play. But uh, but with that said, the it needs the encores are fantastic. The encores are fantastic. So let's get into that. Yes, let's get into the encore. So the first encore starts off with Ed telling a little bit of story. Uh, this is this is a great story, uh, like a, a classic Eddie story to me. Um, he tells a story about how he knew he was in New York City because he was walking down the street, and I'm paraphrasing a lot of this, and he had a green light, and he kind of almost got sideswiped by a cab, and the guy he said must have uh, that was driving the cab must have been in Jersey the night before because he said, "Hey Eddie, great show, fuck you," and then intro- introduces the next song. Uh, but yeah, that that's that's a classic Eddie New York story right there. Yeah, I think it was uh, the guy was simultaneously recognized him and was getting cut off in the other lane or something. Right. Yeah. So it's like, hey, 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 turn one way. Hey Eddie, great show. Turn the other way. Fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah, that that's a, that's a classic. Wouldn't you want to be known as the guy who hit Eddie Vedder with his car? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't <laughs> want that on me. You can have that. I I didn't say I. I, said <laughs> I don't need that you, kind of karma. Wouldn't you? I didn't say wouldn't I. <laughs> uh, so funny story kind of turns into Ed saying, "Well, next song is one of the sadder songs we know, and that's the end." Um, not a song we talk about a whole lot on this show. We've covered it probably a couple times because we've done the Backspacer tour a little bit. Uh, but they have a string quartet accompanying him. It's a violin, a cello, a viola, and, uh, and something else. Uh, I'm not too sure. Uh, was it two violins maybe? There might be two it, violins. Yeah, I think there was a first and a second violin. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a really it's a real, really sad song live and, and sort of... You're not sure how to react to it because they're just kind of playing. They're not playing it for something or somebody. It's not like saying, hey, this this family is going through something right now and I really want to play it for him. It doesn't, you know, it's just kind of playing a song to promote an album. And, uh, you know, it, it just sort of, you know, while this is a really good and fun encore, the mood starts off really depressing and it's a well, good thing it's, that it's it a function too of having you know they they knew they were going to get the string quartet sure they're like you know which songs which songs can we can we fit in with this and and that's one and you know uh, you know pearl jam play the sad ones don't feel bad like people people we need the sad ones sometimes sure. um but i think it was a function of having the string quartet and working up something, like you said, from the latest album, it works with with the strings. So that's I think that's why you get it here, right? And again, not something you know something they were doing enough at the time. Not something you'll really hear uh, them do now or hear us talk about now. I think I, I heard this the first time in at one of Ed's solo shows in two thousand nine oh. before before Backspacer came out. He played it. Oh, no, okay. that was cool. Yeah, interesting, cool. Uh, but the next thing. Very memorable. Love this. So it's not another way to skin a cat, but it's something. Um, Obviously, Night 2 is Luke and 2, and that's the one that everybody remembers. But you got to give a little love to this, and Ed just saying, fuck it, we're doing it. (laughs) 
Oh, this is this is fantastic. This is Luke in one and a half, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to call it anything. Uh, but it's really just, it's Ed having fun. And, you know, he said afterwards, he said he wrote the song at 4 a.m. surrounded by empty beer bottles and said this would sound great with strings on it. And he was right. It does sound great. I, this... This again. This is that moment that that the first set was lacking. It's it's something that people are going to remember. It's it's something they don't normally do. So I'm sure you know being there. You're like, this is crazy. Like you, you never get Lucan solo, much less with with strings. So I, I love this, and I I will listen to it more than more than once this week after we after we are done here. I'll tell you. I think. You know, I, 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 I tend to like this a little bit better than Lucan 2 because this is just them goofing around. And Lucan 2 is, is taking what Lucan is and completely doing the opposite. But right. having this and then going the night after and getting Lucan 2, if they didn't do this, we would have been like, what the fuck are they doing to Lucan? But this is a really good tee up for what they would do the next night. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I, yeah. I think if you don't have this, you know, just dicking around version and you just do, you know, you just say, hey, we got strings, so we're going to do Luke. And you're like, oh, all right, cool. But um, that kind of came out of nowhere. And, and imagine, like, the shit face grin that Eddie probably had on his face when he came up with this idea. <laughs> They're like, we got the string quartet. We, okay, we can do the end. We can do just breathe. They're like, well, we could do black, or we could do, you know, oceans, or he's like, guys, we're gonna we're do doing Lucan. Lucan. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Can you yep. imagine the the look on his face when he said that? I would have loved to have been there. Yeah, uh, I, I can I can visualize that. I can definitely visualize that. He he when he gets an idea in his mind, he's like, ooh, all right, we got something, we got something. Let's see if this works. So, uh, yeah, Lucan Lucan one and a half. As we like to call this one, uh, this Love one it. was Love it. a lot of a lot of fun. Uh, string quartet stays out there, and we get just breathe. Um, it sounds really good with the strings, and the rest of the band accompanies uh, all of them. So we get oh, the bass we get, line. We get that that lovely bass line. Oh, it's so yep. good. Mm-hmm. You get Matt's backup vocals. Every everything is here. So uh, this is. This is this is really good. I think the night two version of this was a little bit more refined, uh, but this again, you can't go wrong with the string quartet being there and and them just doing a, a classic song. Oh, 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 oh,
emotional it's got meaning behind it it's it's one of the highlights on backspacer and uh it's it's great here with the strings you are after just breathe we never talk about you are so what do you think um it's again any anytime you get something off a riot act you you count your blessings and you consider yourself lucky um it, it works better live again it's not a song on the album that i usually seek out but I, I think it works well live, and uh, it's got a. This version has a cool outro and a cool solo, uh, so I think it. Uh, it's, it's again, it's kind of weird coming off of the the string quartet songs to go into something like this, but it's almost like you know this is the, this is the given to fly spot, or the sure the the better man spot. Um, but this is a uh, it's 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 a cool song, and again, you know, something off a of ride act. And Mike does a great job on the solo. It's a great solo. This whole section here, after you are, you get Love Rain, a uh, great, powerful version of the song. Um, I do have know. to mention, I have, I have to channel Matt for a second. Uh, okay. Boom, boom does fuck up the, the end of the intro. <laughs> so maybe, you know, if, if you were there, I'm sure you, I'm sure Matt held up the sign saying like, you fucked up, maybe, maybe take it again for, for the bootleg. Well, Matt was a very young musician at the time. I, 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 I don't know if he was that savvy or, uh, you know, I, I don't think he was picking picking it off yet. I think I'm, I'm sure he, he folded his hands and turned around in protest. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, Love Rain Over Me is great. And, and like you said, this next set of songs is what, what this show is begging for. Yes, 100%. And, you know, after Love Rain, uh, it's... Pete Townsend's birthday around this time, so uh, no no birthday song, but the whole crowd just uh, says, Happy birthday, Pete, and uh, it gets us in the state of love and trust once, Porch. Uh, this is around the time where state of love and trust is a gotta-have-it song for me live. Uh, I'm doing uh, So Lad Aerobics, which well, we've mentioned you, you on were, the show before. You were late to that. It, it, was a, it was a go-to song for everyone else in 1995. Well, yeah, I, I know. You're a little late to the party on that one. I look, uh, you know, better late than never. Sure, know, if, absolutely. If it wasn't, if it was a never, I would not be sitting in the seat right now. But uh, <laughs> so loud aerobics, we've talked about on the show before. I just do nothing but jump in one place during the song when I hear it live, and try to sing the songs as I'm out of breath by the two and a half minutes it's done i see what you did there um but yeah. then you get, you get Ed pointing the uh pointing the microphone out in the crowd 
let, letting the, the crowd sing the heyos and yeah. yeah this is that this is that moment you know you get it you get a 10 era song one of those moments that that this show was begging for i think yeah and that really comes you know uh, again vivid moments that i remember in this show once is one of the big ones and once is not something I feel like when I hear it live, it's not something that really sticks out to me uh, outside of everything else in the set. It's just it's there and and it's good and it fits like glue. Uh, But this one, seeing everybody at the end pump their fist while chanting once back uh, to Ed during that that final chorus at the end. Exactly. Man, was this a powerful, powerful that's, that's That's the one you want. totally agree you know once is not my favorite song off a 10 by a long shot but at this point live i would have been i would have been all about the the pump in the fist yeah for sure i you know i think you had you had him at lucan and you had him a little bit there but there were some uh in there before state of love and trust that really weren't big time sing-alongs this was a sing-along crowd they wanted songs to to be able to sing with and uh once once is not the best sing along, but at least it has a pretty catchy chorus, and it worked. It worked really well here. Uh, Porch, even it, if it had the riffy intro, the crowd is really into it. The McCready solo, and it was a it was a fast riffy intro too. It, it wasn't like one of the really slow ones. It, it I, again, it had a little bit of tempo to it, which I thought helped. <laughs> I think I think I like this one. I'm, yeah. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not totally sure, but I think I got to listen to it one more time. But I was not fully offended by it. Um, I'm offended when Ed does the whole whisper thing near the end. I hate that. I think that's going a little <laughs> bit too much. But uh, yeah, th- this one this one sounded fine. This one this one sounded like uh, it was a better intro into the song, but the McCready solo here is, is fantastic. And then you get the, you get the call and response to with Ed doing the complicated, Hey, oh, hey, oh, oh, and getting the, you know, getting the crowd to, to response and, and they do a great job. You know, you guys give you credit, you know, this, this MSG crowd is able to keep up with all of his vocal, uh, highs and lows in the call and response part. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you got to remember, it's not, you know, the New York crowd is a strong crowd, but this is not just a New York crowd. This is also part Philly. It's part Boston. It's part everybody that is so hardcore into the band that wants to see them on this stage is going to see them on this stage. It's it's everybody. It's just, it's a culmination of the most, um, the melting pot of Pearl Jam fans around the world. I have, uh, you know, I've, and, I'm, and I'm in Atlanta and we've mentioned that before, but there's a, there was a show, I think from 98 where he, he does a part on, and I, and I have, I have to go back and listen to it, but I don't remember the song, but he does a call and response part and he it might have been in boston and he tells the crowd afterwards he goes oh you know good job you know uh we wouldn't give that part to atlanta and ever ever since i've heard that i've been i've been offended and so every time i if they come back um i'm gonna have to try really hard to uh to yell really loud during those parts so we can uh rebuild our reputation maybe that's why they haven't really come back oh don't get me started (laughs) don't get me started uh, but no, yeah, this this version of Porch is great, and uh, and again, this this encore one does does a does go as far towards redeeming the show after the the disjointed, you know, un uh, uneventful set one main set. I agree, and I think all the energy is uh, flowing really well into the second encore. Um, and they're really sparing no time here. It goes right into Jeremy. There's no speaking. Um, and it's, you know, really, I felt like the, the end, uh, happened really fast. Jeremy was just there and and it ended. Um, again, I love this Jeremy. Mike is running around the whole stage. You get the crowd going, the, the woes at the end, really loud. Right. Stones rocking out, which I always appreciate. Uh, yeah. So this this version of Jeremy is a highlight for me. Leash Mankind together. This is for a lot of people. These are songs that people beg for. Leash Mankind back to back. I'm very, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things and how, you know, rare and crazy Night 2 was, uh, how crazy would it have been to get one of Leash or Mankind on Night 2? Oh, I feel like yeah, yeah. it would just would it would have destroyed the crowd. Yeah, uh, I didn't see either of them coming. To be honest, I, I didn't. You never do, and that's that's what makes it a special moment is that you don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. You know that that bass intro to Leash, you're sort of they kind of do it a little quicker than it is on the album, so you're thinking for a second, you're like, wait a minute, what? And then once they kind of get into a little bit, when you finally hear the little mic wah wah. Uh, part you're like, oh, oh okay fuck it's leash uh awesome did you did great. you catch the uh did you catch the leash we did get a get out of my fucking face he did we got he did one. throw it in there one time yeah yeah we got one but it was uh, mostly you'll, you'll take lucky it face. in 2010 you'll take it whenever you get it yeah but it was also get on my fucking face it was it didn't have you know he was he wasn't mad this this was a happy leash uh but you know what again 2010 take leash just, just exactly. Take it. Just take it, and I've only got hold it close. Time, so. Don't let it go. Mankind never saw it again. This was the only time I've ever seen Stone sing live. Hey, they they made it through the whole song without having to stop. So a plus. Exactly, exactly, and it didn't. You know, it didn't. It wasn't perfect by any means. I think there were some points that felt a little awkward. I feel like sometimes. 
we've mentioned it. We've covered Mankind a, a bunch of times when we were doing No Code Era stuff. But uh, I feel like Stone, sometimes when he grabs the microphone, there's like this feedback that comes back at him. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. If it's just, you know, he hasn't touched the microphone all, all day and it's... Uh, uh, his levels aren't right or something, but yeah, they have to adjust it for his lead vocal versus his background vocals. Maybe ex- exactly. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel right. It, feel, it feels like he's kind of, there's some awkwardness to it. But um, again, I do remember this moment because I was closer to stone side than I was Mike's side. So I remember the spotlight being on stone and um, you know, some people around me were just kind of like, what the fuck is going on? And then other people were losing their shit. So it was, it was a, it was a mixed bag, even for an MSG crowd. Yeah. And then, and again, mankind is something, something special that the band gives back to the crowd. It's like, cause you know, we've, everybody's familiar with like the let stone sing and the campaign and all that. So right. Any, anytime you get this, it's, it's a, it's definitely a cool moment to get something, especially off of no code. Yeah. And I love stone in the beginning here. He says, oh, yeah, didn't think great. I was going to do it. Didn't care. Did you? <laughs> it's just, and it does have, and they do kind of a cool little jam in the middle part. Like it's, they're kind of playing around with it. Like I like, I really like this version. closer to the end of the set here so it's cool that the rare the rare stuff are kind of happening pretty late and it's pretty basic from here on out you get crazy mary uh i believe in miracles alive and difference but it doesn't feel basic it, it's it's paper basic basically but uh the it's a very strong ending to the show crazy mary again this is one matt gets every single time he is in the audience <laughs> But there are two awesome moments uh, about this performance. One is another big crowd moment. One night the thunder crashed, mercy backed outside the windowsill. Everybody is singing, and 
Ed lays off and he's like, he knows when the crowd is going to do their job and he gives it to them. And it's just, it's another euphoric moment from this show. I agree. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Um, and then the the Mike and Boom solo. Yes. Norm, normally they do they play off each other. And if I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit, I'm gonna make a little video game metaphor here. Uh, normally they're playing one v one, and this version they're playing co op. So like they, <laughs> go, they go together. Like Mike goes over to where the key, the keyboards are, goes up to Boom, and they kind of solo together. It's really cool. I really like it. Is. It is. Yeah, yeah, this was a unique version. And then uh, you get at the end of this, I, I was waiting for it because I, I, I hadn't listened to this version in a long time and I couldn't remember where they did it, but Mike does uh, the little snippet of uh, Stairway to Heaven solo at the end. Miracles. Uh, you usually get a Ramon song in Madison Square Garden. Uh, I, f- I feel like we've covered this one a bunch in oh, yeah, the last couple weeks. It's a New York staple, you know, and yeah. I'm sure they made the pilgrimage down to CBGB's earlier in the day to uh, to pay their respects. Sure, yeah. And Alive sounds great, as good as ever. Uh, plug for Patreon here. We did an Alive episode uh, that was released last week. It is up. It's the Evolution episodes. If, if you liked the Yellow Ledbetter Evolution episode, you're really going to like the Alive one. I really feel like we, we found a, a groove with this. Uh, and more more to come. These these are really fun episodes. Yeah, and we, we were able to give a little special bonus to our, to our patrons, too. So hopefully everybody... All you guys uh, enjoyed that. Yes. For becoming a patron, uh, you not only get to come on the show or have us cover a show that you want us to do, uh, but John is good enough to send you some stuff that not every Pearl Jam fan has because John has access to a lot of good stuff. So head on over to patreon.com slash live on four legs. We have all the I won't say I won't say that I've gone on the on the deep web. But I haven't not not gone on the deep web. <laughs> we'll get you something good. We promise. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like I said, we we want to make uh, we want we want people to be able to to hear the cool stuff that we're doing. We're going to be doing more stuff like this. So again, now's a great time to to jump onto Patreon if you if you've been thinking about it. Absolutely. Yep. It only takes a dollar a month. You know, it help, every every part helps out the show, and you know, we we give as much back as we can to you guys. But one of one of the things that we talked about in this live episode was really after you know talking about uh, the curse being broken, and really I, I feel like that kind of came after that Seattle 2000 show where they played it for the first time after Ross killed. Uh, it is the moment of the night where everybody is waiting for and they're waiting to erupt to hear this. Uh, And, you know, there's not a lot of bad versions, but if you're going to Madison Square Garden, uh, you're expecting to hear this and you're expecting to to get something awesome. And this is uh, 
this is terrific. I, I got no other words for it besides the crowd did all the crowd chantings. There was, you know, the crowd knows the, of course there is at this point. So they, you know, it's a savvy crowd. They know what they're doing. Uh, they're chanting their haze. It's, you know, it, it's part of the, you know, the curse being broken here. And, you know, and, and it's, this is the celebration, right? Yes. So, you get it, you know. You get Ed running over to each speaker and thanking the crowd. You get Mike jumping up on the speaker to do the solo. This is this is the one where they're giving back to the crowd now, saying thank you for the show. Here's here's this moment that you've that you've been waiting for. Yeah, we're, absolutely. We're, cele- we're celebrating the night. And you know, interesting here that there's really no bread and butter. Uh, the bread and butter that we always talk about being alive into rockin' or Baba. Yeah, no, no black at this show. No black, no lead better, uh, but you know, for me, no lead better, no problem. This show, uh, I, I think at this time, you know, this being the second of this tour, uh, I had gotten indifference at Hartford, getting it here. Um, I sort of wanted, you know, I was sort of ready for lead better, but lead better is really a night two show, everybody knows that. I was naive at the time. Uh, take indifference when you can, people indifference if you get a good live crowd for indifference with the lights on oh my god was i'm I'm sure it was i'm sure it was at this venue it would have been would have been amazing to see incredible um my mind my my mind changed after this i said you know what uh yeah ledbetter's great and all but indifference is a freaking game changer at the end um to get the whole entire crowd is singing the whole song, every single lyric. I will swallow poison until I go with you. Yeah, it filled the goddamn room. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was, uh, it's a big room and it filled it. Yeah, indifference is is a special way. I mean, Ledbetter is is the celebration and it's the it's the big you know Mike moment. But indifference is such a cool way to end a show. Like it's it's just so special, especially in, in something like this. Yeah, and and you got to think, you know, for them. To, and Jeff especially to, to break out the stand-up bass again to end the night is such who the fuck else does that no you end you know Kiss isn't breaking out uh, a stand-up bass no they're ending with rock and roll all night because that's the only thing they know how to do Bruce is ending with Born to Run because that's that's what he know that's what he knows nobody else does shit like this it's great just when you're thinking about live shows and you're thinking about, um, you know, Pearl Jam and what Pearl Jam has brought to the table, just know that no other band in the world can go into Madison Square Garden and, you know, finish the night with one of their most depressing and dreary and just a song you hear on the album and you're like, why, why did it finish this way? It was so raunchy before this and now it, it sort of ends on such a depressing but powerful note uh it takes on a new life when you hear it live and again so, and i and i talked about 
encore one being fantastic and kind of redeeming the lackluster main set but this encore two is is fantastic as well like both of these encores are some of the best i've seen yeah the on the encores are what i remember about the show the most you know Definitely. mostly mostly indifference mostly leash and mankind but uh yeah the the encores make it stick out so uh that was uh night one 2010 and let's pick three moments that we enjoyed from it john all right uh number three i'm gonna go with jeremy uh, I think coming out of, in that encore two, getting the crowd to to do the woes that that was a moment that needed to happen in this show, and like I said, Stone rocking out is always a, a bonus for me, and then a great uh, great McCready song with him running around the whole stage in a circle. So I thought that was a great moment um, for Jeremy. Uh, number two, I'm gonna go last exit, uh, going back to the beginning of the show where he says, you know he points to the stage goes i feel it i feel you and then a uh you know another great mic solo and my number one i'm gonna go with lucan being the uh the solo version with the strings i if i'd been there i would have i would have melted into a puddle of of whatever i'm made of because that, that was a, <laughs> that was a cool cool as fuck moment i wish i would have been there to see it yeah my my puddle was probably of you know, Miller Lite or Bud Light and, or whatever and, it was. And marijuana at that point, probably. Right? <laughs> yeah, the little contact eye that I had. <laughs> uh, you know, okay, I'm going to leave Luke in 1.5 out of my top three, uh, even though it was – it probably is a top three. Um, there, But there's specific moments that I really remember from this crowd. All three of my moments are crowd moments and not band moments. Uh, number three is going to be once – and during that final chorus, everybody pumping their fist once and going back and forth and back and forth. It, it you know, uh, it just reminded me how great the MSG crowd is and how how jaded you can be when you go outside of uh, the big cities. And, you know, I've, I've been to smaller city show, too, and I've been like, you know what, this doesn't it doesn't have that MSG vibe to it. And, and it's, I, I, I almost, you almost expected that, which is, which is, it, you know, it's upsetting, but you know, you, after a while you're just like, okay, you know, it's just a different venue. So, uh, take it for what it is, but also don't take for granted that you're in Madison square garden and, and you're maybe never going to see something like this again. Uh, so number two, we just talked about it, indifference, uh, the way that it ended the show, the way that, again, the lights are off and everybody is clapping in the beginning and they're singing along to every word. And it's really, it, it, it's sort of, you know, I feel like the crowd broke that curse too because that could have been a song that maybe Ed said was, you know, really weighed, weighed on him a little bit. Who knows? It, it's got some depressing lyrics in it, but uh, this this is one that the crowd turns from depressing into a huge pick me up. And yeah, it's almost it uplifting. Fa- yeah, I, I, it was absolutely uplifting I, and a perfect way to end the night. Uh, but number one is easily elderly woman for me um, and how loud the crowd was. And it really 
it, it was it's disappointing that we didn't get like a, that we didn't get better man that we didn't get a daughter because the crowd is really ready for that stuff especially six or seven songs in where elderly woman was they were in the mood to erupt and uh you just you just heard it you felt it every single person i think during the hello part the the lights kind of shined on everybody and you know you can see up into the rafters you can see the person in the last row and and i remember everybody just singing along and you know and sort of swaying to to it and kind of like uh you know almost like a I don't want to say a shanty, but sort of like just kind of a, a pub sing along almost. Uh, there you go. But yeah. just such a such a memorable moment for me from this show. Uh, it's all crowd stuff here. Cool. Yeah, I like it. This is a really really tough one to rate. So you go first as I try to do the math in my head. Cool. Um, so before I rate this show, I do, and we we teased it at the beginning that there was an album that only got one song. And why? Vitalogy. Why is there only one Vitalogy song on here? Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> oh my God! This Vitalogy. You will. And it was uh, over and I done. Would, Number three. How, it lasted for how two and a half in minutes. Two thousand ten. Are you going to a Pearl Jam show and getting only one Vitalogy song? Where's Corduroy? Where's Better Man? Where's Immortality? Shit. Where's Spin the Black Circle? Where's Whipping? The, where's this, Not for You? This set needed to spin the black circle. Oh Absolutely. my god! Like, oh, I, oh, where's nothing, man? Where's nothing? Oh, it would have been awesome. Nothing, man, would have been awesome at this show. Uh, so that in mind, I, uh, I will give the show a seven. Okay. Because it since the encores did redeem it. Yeah, it fantastic encores. I wanted to do. I thought about giving it a five or a six, but then I was like. The first four songs are great. The encores are great. I'll, I'll give it a seven. You know, I, I've been back and forth on this. I listened to this bootleg and I said, you know what? This is actually a much better show than I remember it being. But I remember how boring it got late first set. And, uh, you know, I, maybe I see the songs differently than I, I would would have back then. Maybe, you know, had... We got Army Reserve at one of the Fenway's shows, and I was able to appreciate it a little more. But then it was just kind of, it was flat. Uh, Insignificance, a song that I would kill for now, flat. Uh, and it doesn't have anything to do with the songs. It has to do with placement and what's what's going on around it. Um, I, I don't think we gave enough credit to I Got Shit, because I was really into I Got Shit at the time, and I think I really liked it. Oh, yeah, version, and I've, so. I've said it before. It's one of my top five Pearl Jam songs, but it's it just seemed like, like we talk, like you said before, it needed something with it. It needed... It's it's not... It's not it needed the, a backbone. It's, it's not the moment. It's it's the one that builds up to the moment. Yes. Yes. And there, the build was not... Uh, there was no crescendo. It was just it kind of stayed flat the whole time. But like, encores, give me, give me I an I got shit into immortality. Give me an I sure. got shit into given to fly. Like yes, sure. I would have. I would have been okay with with all those choices. Um, but yeah, the encores are really the memorable stuff here. Luke in one one and a half. Uh, uh, and the other string quartet songs, uh, Mankind, Leash, in, Indifference, uh, Once, and Porch. 
Um, I think now I, I'm tr- I'm trying to think of what I would give the other shows that I've been to that I think are higher than this. What 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 grade I would give them? Uh, and I think since this is around you know the 14 to 10 realm, I've been to some really really good shows. Uh, I've been I've been lucky enough. Uh, uh, lucky face. Um, I'm going to give this a seven. I think it's fair enough to say that this is a seven. I think the crowd is a ten uh, for you know what they were asked to do in the points where they did it. I think they were fantastic, but um, overall there were some hiccups. So I'm I'm with you on that. I, I don't okay. think it deserves lower than a seven. Okay, but fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That's uh. That's all for this show. Um, this is a rare time where we're not really uh, promoting anything. You know, obviously Patreon is there, but um, well, let's say to, uh, congratulations to Chris Pullman from yes last week who won the poster. I'm going to get that out to him this week. So uh, congratulations, and uh, yeah, just uh, check out the Patreon. We we're going to have more stuff coming out soon. And also congratulations to uh, Andrea Mara, who won trivia last week and is getting oh, a yeah. shirt. Yeah. So we you never another, know what we're uh, going to throw in tough there. one tonight, right? Uh, yes, I, I believe it's MSG-infused. So uh, know your MSG history with Pearl Jam. Let okay. me just put there, it that way. There, there's, there's your hint for this week. Yes, uh, it'll it'll be a good one. I, I I think it's one that people will be able to guess at and you know have a good time guessing at instead of having to go and and dig for the stats and and all that jazz. So I think uh, I think you'll all enjoy it. Um, but uh, next week we're going to uh, I am going to do a special show next week with my soon to be wife. Uh, and we're going to talk about the first show that she ever went to, uh, Fenway of 2016, Night 2. Uh, that was a really fun one to record. We did it a couple, uh, like, last week or so, and, you know, it, it's good to get a different take because she's not, you know, she's not part of the Pearl Jam universe the same way we are. She gets everything from me. Uh, you know, she got into the band because I did, and, you know... Uh, it's good to get the outside perspective and how she saw what the band meant to me after uh, going to this show. So, and and also, how many times is somebody from outside the Pearl Jam world going to go to a show that lasts three hours long? It never happens. So, there's a lot of really good stuff that we touch up on there. Uh, but that'll be next week's episode. Then I'm going to take a little bit a bit of a break, and then John, what are you doing? What's going on? Um, well, I think we're. Uh, I'm going to get with Buckley, and uh, we're going to go back back to the early '90s and uh, give you guys something from get it from early on. All right, just, just teasing. That. Just say early on. Yep, er, early on. Maybe the earliest we've done so far. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm excited to hear that. I I can't wait to be a listener to this show instead of. Uh, you know, a host. I, I want to see what the other side feels like. You you were on the other side for almost a year. So, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, and I'm looking forward, and I'm and I'm looking forward to hearing the the Fenway episode with uh, with your fiance. That'll be fun. Yeah, that's it's it's going to be a really good one. But yeah, that's that's really you know it, it's slow. I, I I'm getting married, so there's not a lot of stuff that um, 
I can do the next couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, if we're light on social media uh, and, you know, we don't do a lot of episode hype, that that's probably why. So uh, well, you know, October. We'll, we'll, still have, we'll still have some stuff going on. And then, and then yeah, we've got, we've got a great October coming for you. We got a really good October. Um, any hints? Do you want to give any hints to October? Or sh- um, I, I don't. Okay, good. Let's, All uh, right, no hints. Let's. I'm. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to call it Rocktober, like some people might. No. But I will. I will just say that that, that there should be some great shows coming up. Pleasantly surprised, in, including the night two of uh, of this MSG run. Yep. Uh, hey, you got something to to look forward to there. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. All right. I think we wrap things up on today. Uh, and again, next week we'll give you Fenway Night 2 with me and my fiance Jillian, who I'll be marrying, I don't know, like three or four days from when that episode airs. It's uh, we're, we're getting down to it. We've, we started off with about 700 days, and now we're, we're down to, to very few. So uh, definitely yeah, exciting Congratulations times. from all of us. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Um, and with that being said, this may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already, and I miss you always. For Randy and John, MSG 2010, Night 1, we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you very, very much. You've been great. What else to say? They better bring it tomorrow because you did it tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you.